When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Bottoming the LGBTQ mental health podcast about rock bottoming and beyond. Kindly sponsored by Joe Malone London. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bottomingpod or visit bottomingpodcast.com for more content relating to each episode. We've also added a support page to the website to direct you to the right place if you're struggling or need someone to talk to. Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Hello, I'm Matthew. And I'm Brendan, and our pronouns are he and him. You are listening to Bottoming. Episode four. And today, our guests are Lorraine Pinto Mm -hmm. of Black Queer Travel Guide and Liam Resende from Checking In. And if you haven't got the gist of what the episode's about from those two things, we're talking about traveling. It's actually got a theme this episode. It does have a theme, traveling as queers. But before we go into that, how have you been? That seems like very fast and dry. <laughs> God, I haven't taken a breath. <laughs> um, I have been, I've been all over the place. I've been all over the place around still. Around town and Everton. Oh God, around the mental states and everything. Um, yeah, I've been up and down recently and I'm not sure what is you know going on Mm -hmm. i haven't been this up and down for a long time but and it's it's like one of those things that i keep having to learn about myself and i think it's just going to be an ongoing thing which is like understanding what i need in specific moments Mm -hmm. and not um giving away too much when i'm in social situations and putting more protections in place Mm -hmm. 
And I think just understanding where I'm at before even entering like social situations. For instance, I went home this weekend, which was really nice. Um, I saw family, I saw my friend and um, her new baby, Henry, Becky's baby, Henry, um, who's adorable. But coming away from that, I was just an absolute shell. So it's just going to take a bit more learning mm-hmm. about myself and continuing to just try and tune in. But it's mm-hmm. difficult. It's really difficult. Um Especially when there aren't like direct triggers that you can, I know we want to point blame everywhere. Mm. We want to just be like, look, that was what happened. Yeah. This is why you're feeling like that. X plus Y equals Z. E equals MC squared. Thank you, Einstein. Right, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where I'm at. Where are you? Mm. Um, the reason I've just been laughing is because the session I had after recording our last episode. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I remember. It was a really, really intense session, mm-hmm. the counsellor. <clears throat> um, and it kind of, it went all over the place. It was approaching topics that um, I'm still really uncomfortable approaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as, was, just as I was about to kind of like, you know, properly go into it the internet cut out I like I lost because I'm obviously doing it over Zoom I lost the counsellor and it took about 15 minutes to get back in there was a phone call in between there was like people, both of us reset our internet both of us had fine internet it just wasn't <laughs> working and immediately come kind of the first thing that I was asked when we managed to get back into the session was like how did that make you feel and I just thought it was hilarious because mm-hmm. <laughs> it just kind of in one part lost well, part of me I was like well, that is the world telling me that I shouldn't be doing this. No. <laughs> and that like, I shouldn't be touching that topic yet. But then at the same time, I was like, you know, we've mentioned a lot around loads of different things we've spoken about is that you do have to just approach some of these things with like, with a bit of humour and like by oh, laughing yeah. at them because it did make me feel better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had a headache leaving the session because it was <laughs> such an intense, it was such an intense hour, but... um. Yeah, it just kind of helped, helped ground it a little bit. Yeah. Just the fact that, like, shit still happens mm-hmm. no matter what. So, um, but on a more positive note, I had the second session that I had last week. Um, and that felt like a really productive session. It kind of was a lot more top level, but um, some of the stuff that we're touching on again, I didn't really think would be the direction I would go in with it. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's just, it's just got me thinking quite a lot about rather than things that have impacted me mm. that I'm trying to process, it's got me more thinking about like how I view myself, which mm. is something I think I haven't realized I haven't, um, I've not done properly. Mm-hmm. I kind of view myself as like an, as a separate, my, me and my body as a separate entity to my mind. Mm. So I'm still processing that. Um, and like how, how I work with that, which has been. Um, interesting I guess but yeah other than that I think I'm doing I think I'm feeling on top of things at the minute which is which is good out and about yeah I know not many of us have been doing that (laughs) for the last at least 18 months Um. 
we had seen um, Black Queer Travel Guide crop up on socials a few times mm-hmm. um, with a fundraiser that they put out. Um, and it was founded by Paula Akpan, who is an incredible writer, um, academic. I know she's doing a PhD, master's, about lesbian history. Um, she just is one of those powerhouse sort of people you see on socials mm-hmm. who just think is incredible. Um, but she found the Black Weird Travel Guide. And yeah, we were just really interested in finding a little bit more out about it. Because I think as queers, traveling is not like an easy process for a lot of people. Yeah. And especially when you add the intersections of kind of gender, ethnicity, mm-hmm. um, socioeconomic background, all of those things, when you add those in together, it can become a lot more difficult. Have you... I mean, we've been on holiday once before together. Together. It was three gays. I completely forgot about that. <laughs> I think I only... I joined you, you later there for like and left you 21 before. hours. Yeah. <laughs> Flew and left on the same day. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't get the holiday back then. Um, but yeah, I think that was maybe one of the first times I felt othered on holiday. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we were three gays, but like I'd been conscious of where we travelled to. And I always used to Google the country I travelled to before going just to, like, mm-hmm. suss the vibe out. Yeah. Like, I've n- n- we've never been attacked physically. No. For being gay somewhere, but it's just more a feeling that I think you're given, or as you say, like, the type of looks. And there's, like, you're somehow, like, letting off a signal. Mm. And then you start to question, oh, is it what I'm wearing? Is it, mm-hmm. like, have I said something overly camp? Yeah. Is it the way I'm talking or asking for a... Can I have a pint, please? Yeah. Uh, um... <laughs> Which doesn't matter at all. It yeah. just makes you feel when you're kind of, you know, pointed out. Yeah. It's just a really interesting topic mm-hmm. that I think, you know, we all kind of understand it. Mm-hmm. And if you speak to anyone else that's queer, they kind of understand it because they've experienced it firsthand. But um, in the past, especially in previous jobs, when I worked with the majority of straight people, they were like shocked and flabbergasted that I was Googling like, <laughs> gay rights in da, 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 or like mm-hmm. lgbt equality in because it it's just not a consideration that can just travel gay rights gay, gay rights um so yeah that's why we wanted to find out a bit more about this topic specifically and just go into it because yeah I it think... can be a, a very very stressful thing mm. as well when you're um either in situations that are kind of out of your comfort zone or it can just bring on, on a lot of anxiety which can obviously affect your mental health as well mm. so and we're all gagging for a holiday. So if you're not going to edit and booked, you can just listen to this and pretend. Maybe you can put some airline effects over the top. I might have to <laughs> start thinking about another solo trip away, maybe. Um, but yeah, with that being said, we will hand over to Lorraine Pinto, who works for Blackweed Travel Guide. Hi, my name's Lorraine and I'm the community manager at Blackwood Travel Guide. My pronouns are they, them. The Blackwood Travel Guide is an intelligent and affordable native app and digital platform that facilitates the safety of its Blackwood users and allies. So what was it that ignited the idea? Obviously, I think we can guess why. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, can you give us a bit of, a bit of background as to kind of what kicked it all off? So our founder, Paula, was looking for places to go on holiday with her now fiancé. And (laughs) they wanted to go to Tanzania and then kind of realised from Google searches and 
it just wasn't really somewhere where they could go and guarantee their safety. Mm. But then Paula was like, wait, like, why isn't there somewhere to just bring all the information into one place instead of us having to go through whirlwinds of Google tabs and so mm. much research to figure out where it can go, especially because when you're Googling things, it's very, okay, you're either going, okay, let's look at Queer Star, mm-hmm. and then we have to go, okay, now let's look at Black Star, and then let's see where that meets in the middle. Mm-hmm. So it can be quite a draining process. Like, usually you think, oh, hey, I'm going to book a holiday. It's so exciting, like, blah, blah, blah. But generally, if you're Black and queer, it can be quite daunting. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's how it, it all came to and so why do you think there hasn't been a resource like this available before? Like as minorities, like you just mentioned, um, we always have to think for our safety in new spaces. But with so many other travel guides available, it seems like an essential. Honestly, I think that we've probably just been forgotten about being both black and queer. I think that as bad as the pandemic was Paula managed to do a lot of research and talk to activists from all around the world to kind of get a gist of like what we can do to make things better mm. so I think being able to slow down has allowed for us to actually do this instead of you know having loads of little post-it notes stuck around everywhere and sharing resources with friends or just like using friends as mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of guides yeah I feel like when it comes to the black and queer community, it's definitely something that's forgotten about. Mm. It's always, you're just always having to piece things together. Mm. I mean, I can immediately think of a few times when I've either traveled and like had to kind of check myself kind of in spaces that I'm in there. And I've spoken with straight friends as well, who kind of, I've always been shocked when I've Googled like LGBT writing, you know, whatever, or kind of to, to sense and um, sense check where I'm going. Have you got any similar experiences that you'd maybe want to share with us? I've always been quite mindful, especially um, coming from a family that's entirely mixed race. My parents are mixed race, all of my grandparents are mixed race, all of my great-grandparents and so on and so on. Mm. So I've always kind of had to be a bit of a chameleon in each environment. So I've always adapted quite quickly. I think that in this sense mainly more in like working situations mm-hmm. but like when dealing in like customer facing roles you kind of just have to yeah just kind of go along and you'll get people that say unpleasant things or just assume something and or misgender you so that's generally the only time I think I've been quite fortunate in that sense but that's only because I'm super super mindful and there are also certain places where I just won't go like mm. I spent most of my childhood going to Portugal to visit family members every summer holiday Christmas holiday and generally after that whenever I've traveled I tend to always go back mm-hmm. to a place that I know so I feel a bit more comfortable even if everything isn't where it needs to be like it's still that kind of like familiarity mm-hmm. So yeah, I I definitely avoid places, so I don't get that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I camouflage. And do you think, in terms of the like, say, lack of awareness that a lot of people have as to this as an issue, um, have you seen that? Like, have people either questioned or been surprised that this is 
something that's needed? I think it's more of a case that people have been shocked that there isn't something mm. there and just kind of like the unawareness out of that community. Mm. But yeah, it's mainly been shocked against like, oh, okay, this doesn't exist. Like, how can this be? Mm-hmm. Opposed to, oh no, you shouldn't have that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then I also try to not be around crowds of people that would think like that. Yeah, yeah, it makes a difference. So I do, <laughs> yeah, I do avoid situations. But I have had customers come up to me on a Sunday morning and I'm making them like a coffee and they'll be like, oh, I watched this film and I didn't realize that, you know, she was a lesbian and I was so disgusted by it and no, 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 you know what I mean and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, I don't know what you mean, (laughs) but I just don't want to have this conversation with you on a Sunday morning. Please take your coffee and leave. But then I think that's, you know, just from working in Zone 1 in central London, it can Mm. be a bit... Mm. So frustrating. So, um... (laughs) We noticed you're a community interest company, uh, which gives a lot of room for growth. Where do you want to go with uh, Black Queer Travel Guide in the coming months and years? Oh, there's there's so much. There's so much. Um, to begin with, we want to continue to fundraise so we are able to build our app, which we're hoping by like 2024 that can that can be a thing. But above that, we want to just be able to like grow into a community that supports local black queer businesses, have an ambassador network, kind of like travel guides. So if you do go to somewhere, you can book in time with someone and they can show you around like their spots so you can get more of a an actual feel to what it's like being black and queer there. And if there's any exhibitions that you can go to or favourite local hotspots, then you can do that too. Um, there's, oh, there's so much we've got. We want to be able to have conferences and like workshops or like retreats and like bring loads of people together. And eventually we hope to be able to have a mutual aid part. So we are able to help um, black queer people in communities where it's still illegal Mm. to exist. And yeah, just be able to provide that extra funding and support. So that's our aim. We want to make sure that we're continuously connecting our communities. Being queer and black can be quite isolating. I'm sure we're all very aware of that, especially after being in a pandemic, thinking about the global south, being in places where you can't exist freely. So we do want to make sure that we can safely provide that space for you to know that you're not alone and there are people here and we can support each other. So it's really exciting. That sounds so exciting. Yeah, I think it sounds so amazing. It's so much more as well than just a guide. Mm-hmm. As you said, kind of yeah. like the opportunity for it is just so incredible. Yeah, there's we've been quite lucky. There's a lot going on. We've got some exciting projects that we'll be announcing over the next couple of months as well. There's some brands who are fundraising to help us. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting. Sweet. So, obviously, you mentioned the fundraiser, which we'll, for people listening, we'll put in our website and we'll share the links and stuff again. But what else can anyone listening do to get involved? Spread the word about the Black Queer Travel Guide. It's important for people to know that it exists and that space is necessary. Um, you can follow us on socials. 
on Instagram and LinkedIn. We're just um, Black Queer Travel Guide on Twitter. We're Black Queer TG. Um, you can join our mailing list. You can keep up to date with anything that's going on, which you can find in our link tree on our Instagram. Like you mentioned, we have to go up on new page too. But um, yeah, just helping spread awareness is is great and to help build our community oh if you want you can check out the kind of like web app prototype on the blackqueertravelguide.com and it kind of gives you a gist of what it could look like yeah it's so amazing i'm so excited to see where it goes i'm really excited as well (laughs) it's no it is it's beautiful every time we have a team meeting which are bi-weekly or even in like my weekly meetings with Paula, I always leave like so mm. inspired and excited and there's so many different branches and like when you look at the bigger picture, there is so much more that you can do mm. and it definitely is going to be more than an app, which is, which is beautiful in itself. Thanks for joining us, Rain. Mm-hmm. So yeah. bloody lovely talking to you. We've just noticed some posts that have been mm-hmm. popping up on Instagram. You can follow them at Black Queer Travel Guide on Instagram, Black Queer TG on Twitter, and check out their website at www.theblackqueertravelguide.com. Fab. Very excited to see what happens next. So on the continued topic of travel, we do have two guests this week, as we mentioned you at the start. lucky, lucky sods. <laughs> so next, we are going to speak to Liam Resende. Liam is co-founder of a LGBT network called Checking In. He explains much better than I would what they do. Um, but essentially, the reason we wanted to speak to him and about Checking In is to kind of get a little bit of the flip side of what it's like to travel. Mm-hmm. Um so checking in is basically a network for people in the travel and hospitality industry. Um, and we just wanted to see, I guess, what's like behind the scenes and mm-hmm. how that impacts the experiences that we have when we're traveling as well. So, um, yeah, here is Liam. Hi, my name is Liam. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I am the co-founder of Checking In, which is the UK's LGBT plus travel and hospitality industry network. <laughs> Can you give us a bit of background a as to what checking in is um, and also what kickstarted it yeah certainly so uh, checking in started back in 2018 so uh, previously I used to work uh, within hospitality and then uh, the panorama happened Um, (laughs) but I so I used to work at Hyatt hotels and I was heavily involved in the LGBT network at uh, at Hyatt um, and also sort of saw the value that the LGBT network brought to the company. So in terms of, you know, in terms of recruitment strategy, in terms of um, cultivating a sense of belonging, in terms of, you know, all of the different sort of things that come around with like, an, come, come along with an employee resource group. Uh, and then I was also involved in just, you know, going to LGBT events and networking events. And I realized quickly that there wasn't uh, there wasn't an industry network for hospitality. And I think we kind of took that for granted because the hospitality industry is, you know, some would say oversubscribed by LGBT, LGBT plus people. Um, and, you know, we kind of 
wondered why and you know when we started speaking to a lot of people they said oh it's because it's not needed you know it's mm. you know there's so many lgbt plus people which in actuality they mean you know there's so many gay men yeah uh, which is usually the visible ones um and then what we did so my the co-founder will and i you know we started we called a couple hotels hotel companies and said and we asked to speak to hr and we said hi can you tell me a little bit more about your trans inclusive policies you know, and it was like crickets on mm. the other side of the phone. Um, and what we found as well, when we were speaking to sort of senior LGBT people within the industry, you know, even some of them said that the industry, the industry network wasn't, um, wasn't needed. And I think it was because, well, partly because most of them that we spoke to were white and there's, you know, certain privilege that comes with that as mm-hmm. well. Um, but they felt as though that, you know, I made it you know, and I was able to succeed and grow within my career, you know, and they never really acknowledge the acknowledge the real challenges that LGBT plus people face mm. uh, within the industry. So, yeah. And so we launched back in 2018, which originally was sort of like a, a hotel mm-hmm. uh, network. Uh, and then people from restaurants and bars and contract catering were like, what about us? And, you know, and it just sort of evolved into into a hospitality uh, network and, you know, so it's it's relatively young and then you have the pandemic in the middle of it. So, <laughs> you know, I think now we're starting to uh, just sort of re-engage with, with our members and our community. Um, and, you know, the biggest challenge that we have right now is uh, staffing within mm-hmm. the hospitality industry. You know, we lost a lot of people um, in the industry. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's, that's sort of our objectives over mm. the next couple of months. So typically the hospitality industry is seen as quite a diverse space. Um, is this your experience and what impact do you think this has on the experiences queer people have when traveling? Um, <laughs> so I would say, uh, I would say definitely the hospitality industry is diverse. Uh, I'm not too sure if it's, you know, fully inclusive. Um, I think what we've had within the industry is, or should I take a step back? We've had industries like, for example, law and banking mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, finance, where traditionally it's been quite difficult for people to be themselves, for, you know, that have been sort of, that haven't really been welcoming. So a lot of investment went into ensuring that those, you know, industries and corporations and organizations became more inclusive. Um, and I think... You know, as I mentioned before, I think hospitality industry kind of took for granted the number of LGBT plus people with within it mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of got a little bit complacent and felt like there isn't really a problem. Um, but, you know, I, I say that, but I do think that the hospitality and travel industry um, has been a, a very popular uh, industry for LGBT plus people. You know, as I mentioned, it is oversubscribed, overrepresented Mm. by LGBT plus people. And I think it's, you know, it's sort of inclusive. uh, It's sort of diverse by nature. Um, And also, I think the other thing that that I've, I've witnessed within the hospitality industry is it's one of the few industries that you can enter uh, with no qualifications, mm. uh, no experience whatsoever, uh, and really build a lifelong fulfilling career. Um, you know, I started when I think back to my time, you know, I started back in Trinidad, you know, at the front desk of the hotel, you know, and then 
spent you know years just sort of progressing within Hyatt, uh, you know, and ended up in leaving Hyatt last year, sorry, earlier this year, um, you know, looking after marketing for all of our openings across Europe, Middle East, Africa, and and Asia, and Southwest Asia. And, you know, I never went to university, I never went, you know, I never did any sort of formal training. So I think that there's a lot to be said about um, the opportunity that the industry Mm. gives to LGBT plus people that, you know, have historically been systematically excluded um, Mm -hmm. from from some of these opportunities. So, yeah, I think it's, it's really great in in some instances but i think we 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 have we have become the industry has become a little complacent been a little has become a little bit complacent as well do you think having as you say like an oversubscribed um industry workforce do you think that plays out positively for queer travelers you know when it comes to say some areas of the world that maybe have slightly less progressive views um for both yeah. queer people, but also, you know, queer people of colour, dependent different countries um, yeah. we're travelling to. Do you think having the more inclusive industry um, kind of provides a bit of encouragement and um, security, but also can help shift views in that country? Yeah, 100%. You know, I think, you know, um, studies show that post 9-11, the LGBT market were one of the, you know, one of the few markets that came back very quickly. Um, and I think that LGBT travelers, you know, and this is obviously speaking very generally, mm. um, LGBT travelers tend to be less risk averse. You know, there's still, you know, however much 70 countries that still criminalize, you know, homosexual acts or whatever, whatever the figure is, um, you know, but LGBT plus people are still traveling to those places and travel to those places, you know, every single day. Um, and I do think that by traveling to those places you know it 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 it, you know is this sort of like there's a duality of you trans you know the transformative power that or impact that you experience when traveling but also the impact that you make on on those places Mm. um and you know as someone coming from trinidad and tobago which up to 2018 still criminalized homosexuality um you know, and this is a somewhat controversial statement, but, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about, you know, I will never travel to X country because of, you know, the LGBT uh, thing. You know, and that sort of like pains me a little because I know Trinidad and Tobago will sort of fall into that category. And I think it's quite sad that, you know, someone wouldn't want to experience our culture and experience what we have to offer and, and that kind of thing. Um, and I think the reality is I always tell people is that, you know, regardless of what the laws are or, you know, what the leadership is in those countries or the rights that that, that, that LGBT plus people have, it doesn't change the fact that there are LGBT plus people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's, you know, I think it's obviously first and foremost, it's paramount that you only travel to places that you feel a sense, you know, of safety and security, of course, that's, that's important. But I also think sometimes we need to challenge ourselves around, um, around that thinking, you know, some of the most amazing travel experiences I've had, uh, have been, you know, Oman, Indonesia, Russia, you know, I, I remember when I was going to I was going to Moscow and St. Petersburg and as someone who's like relatively, you know, 
everyone knows I'm gay. You know what I mean? Like it's all over. <laughs> I'm pretty gay. We've seen your Instagram. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty gay. Um, you know, so when when people saw that I was I was in um, I was going to Russia or that I was in Russia, you know, I had a lot of people reach out to me and be like, I can't believe you go on to Russia. Like, you know, how they treat people. You know, and I spent a lot of time before I traveled to Russia seeking out gay-owned restaurants, gay-owned bars. You know, I ended up meeting some incredible gay Russians when I was mm. in Moscow. So I think that, you know, there is that, there is an opportunity for us to, you know, just, you know, as I said, challenge how we how we think about uh, how we think about how we spend our money because I think it is easy to sort of just decide that you won't go and I think obviously everyone has their 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 right to to do that but um, I think you can be more mindful and you mm. can be more thoughtful and you can support LGBT plus people in those places uh, because and, and I also see it as using your privilege as a tourist because the reality is that when you travel to some of these destinations, you do go with a privilege, mm. you know, because you don't necessarily, you know, uh, experience the same sort of um, the sort of societal structures. You're not in it, basically, within those within those those destinations. So there is a privilege. Mm. Um, but then you have the opportunity to to challenge local stereotypes, the stereotypes of LGBT plus people. Um, and there are many international hotel chains that are in you know that are in these that uh, in these destinations there are many lgbt plus owned small businesses uh travel lodges uh you know airbnbs that mm. are in these things so i think we just need to as lgbt plus people um first and foremost you know go where we feel comfortable going because mm. I, I you know i i also appreciate that that's m- my position as a you know cisgender uh, gay man, um, and that's not necessarily the same experience. It's probably a little easier for me to sort of say that, but I do think that there is an opportunity for us to to just challenge mm. challenge that. Definitely. Um, and to go back to the industry in general, with your work and experience in mind, do you see things moving in a positive and more inclusive direction quick enough? Um, no, I think, uh, there's never enough, you know, progress is not being made quick enough, uh, in all different spheres. Um, you know, in the UK, you know, we can talk at nauseum about how, you know, transgender rights are regressing within, within this country. Um, you know, there's reports that, you know, trans people are intentionally harassed and humiliated when traveling. Um, so, you know, of course that we're not making enough progress. And I think the reality is that the, 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 the COVID-19 pandemic has disproportionately impacted the travel industry mm. and has, and, dis- and by extension has, you know, the nature of what it's done has disproportionately impacted LGBT plus people. Cause as I said, the industry is overrepresented by LGBT plus people. So mm. if you think of the number of people that have lost their jobs, um, or the number of people that have been without an income for such a long time uh, across, you know, in the Caribbean, you know, they're still fledgling to, you know, in, in the UK, things are starting to open up and we're able to go out and that kind of thing. But, you know, in a lot of these, um, in, in a lot of these destinations where their countries, 
depend the economies you know the tourist based tourism based economies are not at the uh, you know uh, are at sort of time 2019 levels and mm. you know reports show that we probably won't be at 2019 levels until sort of 2025 you know so if you think about all of the lgbt plus people that are employed within this industry and the impact that that's ha- that that that's have is monumental um so i think no we're not doing enough mm-hmm. um you know and we're not doing enough in the UK, you know, I I was reading recently about um, a trans and non-binary person that went to this uh, went to a travel awards and uh, a travel industry awards, and was being heckled by people within the industry. And this is in London, mm. you know. Uh, so you know, I think we 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 can't be complacent. There mm-hmm. is so much that needs to be done, um, and that's even before we start to think about outside of the UK, mm. you know, and the rest of the world. To shift gears to a much more personal question, <laughs> where's the best place you visited and why? I always find that difficult. I heard like a really sort of cheesy response to this question, where someone said the best place they've ever visited is the next place they're going to visit. Uh, which is super cheesy, so I'm not going to say that, but I actually genuinely feel that way. Um, uh, it's difficult, you know, with my with my last job, I traveled to so many different places, mm. and the, the irony is that, you know, some of the most, you know, uh, you know the places that I've traveled to and, and probably have been the best travel destinations when I think about Tanzania, when I think about, you know, Indonesia, when I think about Jamaica, when I think about, you know, Russia, you know, some of these are what I would kind of put up as some of the best destinations that I've been to. Um, but I think it's, you know, it's about being more intentional mm. with your with with your traveling um, and, and really thinking about, okay, I'm, I, I want to visit these countries. I mean, these there's there's some of the most stunning. I mean, the architecture in, mm-hmm. in the Middle East, the architecture in Russia, uh, the natural environment in the Middle East, in some of the Middle Eastern countries are, you know, there's nothing like it in other places of the world. Um, and I think it's 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 unfortunate that we are that LGBT plus people don't feel safe mm. to um, to travel to those places. But I genuinely believe that you know with a little bit more intention and thought and mindfulness, you can travel to those places that, you know, there, there's incredible LGBT plus, um, travel agencies that, that, that help, um, travelers feel safe when, when going to these destinations. Um, so yeah, so I guess the one thing I would kind of like, like say is, you know, don't just rule out a country, uh, as a travel destination because Mm. of, you know, the laws that exist by, you know, uh, a government that probably LGBT plus people don't agree with either. Um, And the fact is that they are like us trying to thrive, trying to succeed, trying to live. Um, And if we are able to support that by going to those places and seeking them out uh, and supporting, you know, their businesses and and their organizations, I think would be is sort of like the most important, um, mm. and that is where you see the power of travel and and the trans and the transformative power of travel. I think. Mm. So where can we go to find more out about checking in? Uh, Checkingin.co.uk. Uh, you can. It's 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 pretty easy if you search. <laughs> 
online <laughs> checking in LGBT and we should come up hopefully if mm. not send me a message and I'll make sure that I do <laughs> at checking in UK on Instagram Liam is such a treat to chat to, he isn't is, he? Yeah. So knowledgeable, mm-hmm. incredibly experienced. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Liam. Thank you. <laughs> okay, come on now. Ow! Fourth time's a charm. Oh, I forgot about that. Yes, uh, positive thing of the week. Mm-hmm. Can I go first? You can go first. Well, for those on camera who might <laughs> notice, I've had my hair cut. So I would like to say that my positive thing of the week is my sister Mary for cutting my hair yeah. and being such a fantastic hairdresser she's incredibly talented she's been nominated for the british hairdressing awards this Mm -hmm. year so fingers crossed mary if anyone is in nottingham based in nottingham um she works at kh salons and go get your hair did (laughs) i will say actually i hope she doesn't mind me saying this Mm -hmm. she after listening to the last episode she did message me about the therapy thing when i said i couldn't find the routine um just with some recommendations as to kind of suggestions just what she thought would help and it was stuff i've done in the past and kind of it was off the table of things i was doing at the minute because mm. i kind of just forgot um so yeah i really appreciate that little message and little nudging to doing stuff again so Aww. um yeah thanks mary my positive thing of the week is actually obviously if you listen in the past i talk a lot about music talk a lot of whether stuff. it's playlists <laughs> obviously made the pride playlist but i um it was a really really good music week mm-hmm. last week for album releases um and i am going to say album of the year my personal favorite album of the year yeah who um michael jacoverti mentioned her um mm-hmm. but self-esteem mm-hmm. the album prioritize pleasure that she released last week um is incredible it is bold it's exciting it's like musically amazing the whole thing and like the themes of the album as well are um basically just like not taking shit from people mm-hmm. she talks a lot about her treatment to the music industry especially for men mm-hmm. and men online and just men generally in the way they've treated her um and it's just about kind of reprioritizing yourself in things mm-hmm. um and yeah it's just start to finish it's just like it's a fantastic album so that was my highlight because I have another off since it came out last week <laughs> <laughs> that's it that is your lot that is your lot <laughs> that is your we're gonna embed that whether people like it or not yeah <laughs> we're starting to gather a couple of um regular sayings we'll, we'll get merch out soon it's only taken what <laughs> three seasons to find some consistency <clears throat> oh god we'll throw them all out of the uh, out of the window next season <laughs> So don't get used to us being this uh, this on it. Mm. Um, cool. Thanks for joining us. It's been a, a really fun episode, actually. It has. I'm actually... I feel like I've, I've You're laughed. welling up. No, not well. <laughs> I feel like I'm a bit... I've like gone a bit... Flustered. Flustered, yeah. Oh. I just feel like I've really really overheated in the last five minutes. Oh, which is... This is the outro, so if you don't <sighs> mind, we can get it done, then you can cool down. <laughs> As always, yeah. <clears throat> please... Go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Um, as we've mentioned, you know, Apple still have loads of issues. You can only leave five stars. Oh, it's so weird. Yeah. So if you can leave us a five-star review, that would be hugely appreciated. Yeah. Um, For some reason, Apple does hold all of the golden tickets when it comes yeah. to reviews, so... Yeah. 
Although, I will say, mm. success this week. We made it into the top 10 in Armenia. Oh, that's so, so true. So if you've listened to us from Armenia. Top three, actually. Top, th- top three, mm. if you've listened to us in Armenia. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks so much, Armenia. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, you know, get listening to other countries and we'll see what else we can do. And then we'll get travelling to those. Then we'll get travelling. There we go. Bottoming we'll be all around. Through, no, yeah. The towns and cities. And cities. Whatever. Countries. Countries. We will let you go now. So thanks as always for listening. See you in a couple of weeks. You are doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Mm, Bye. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.